Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. Today in the studio is Graham Greve. For anyone in the know about fire, Graham needs no introduction. For everyone else, he leads the Fire Project, FHIR, a standard and community that is widely regarded as the future of health data exchange. Thanks to his work, he travels the world interacting with politicians, CEOs, CTOs, developers, students and professors engaging about the secure exchange of health data and building the global fire community. Some of his, uh, some of his clients include the ADHA, the US government, HL7 and the list goes on. He knows his stuff. I'm super excited to have him here in front of me. Graham, thanks so much for joining. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks very much. I, I don't know what it is, but I think the last couple of shows I've had people from Melbourne join me and uh, it's I'm, I've, I've exhausted all my Melbourne weather jokes, but um, <laughs> you were saying... Better than Sydney here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, today it's horrible weather, so thank you for bringing that with you. But you've been travelling as well, right? So you're, you're, you just mentioned that. So yeah, USA, a couple of times, India. Yeah. I do get around a bit. Need to, need to get home and get some rest. But, but yeah. thanks for stopping in to, to have a chat first. So um, I was going to make some kind of joke or lame dad joke about discovering fire, like fire and FHIR, but that, that I don't know how to deliver that well. So um, what, what, what's fire exactly? What, what, <laughs> tell me, give, give me the, 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 the for, for the non-technical person. So, so fire, FHIR, stands for Fast Healthcare Interoperable Resources, totally meaningless phrase. Mm. It's just a, a gag to get a globally unique acronym. Okay. Right. It's just really hard to do that <laughs> these days. Um, but fire itself is is two parts. It's a community of people who gather together. So we want to make it easier to exchange data about healthcare. We want to use the web to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we use the web framework to build the community, social media, all the social, all the software development support. Yeah. And and then the community argues about how you should do it, and and then comes to an agreement, and then we publish that as a standard. And so the standard is the set of rules for how computer systems talk to each other about healthcare, the ser- the you know patient's clinical record, the process of delivering and paying for healthcare. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not a software product; it's just the rules by which all of the different computers talk to each other. So you created those <coughs> those rules, or how did it all start, or what's the? What's the so I was. Uh, working at HL7, which is the standards organisation that publishes FHIR, um, on behalf of my company I worked for, they um, and and I was chairing one of the subcommittees that owns the older versions of the standard, and we just we weren't happy with where the standard was. It was not ready for the future, which is web um, using web to disrupt industry. And and um, I went to HL7 and proposed a new kind of standard based on web community, web infrastructure. And everybody said, yep, that's what we want to see in the future. And just more and more people joined. And over time, we've been doing it for six years now. Um, it grew and grew and grew into a worldwide community with incredible passion and um, traction mm. in the industry. So what, what was wrong with, with what we had? So the old standards, there were a few things wrong with them. They were pay-to-play, pay to and so the, one of the big changes I made was I said that it has to be open and free. Yeah. 
right. um, licensed under a formal open source license so that there's never any question about sharing your work. Mm. Whereas the older standards, it was always a challenge, you know, do you, are you licensed to share any open source code that makes it work? And it was a vendor consortium, so it was kind of, you know, locked up to the old, the old way of doing things. Mm. And technically, it was also based on UN Edifax standards from the 1970s just couldn't use it with the web and and there's a whole bunch of um, technical and social advantages that come from using the web infrastructure and working well with the um, the web framework so really fire is just a fancy name for doing healthcare on the web mm. and agreeing how everyone's actually going to do that and mm. that, that's all that we do are there forgive my ignorance but are there like competitors to fire or alternatives to fire or there's there's always um, alternatives. There's a great thing about standards is there's always more standards. Yeah, right, right. Um, but over the six years we've been working on it, more and more of the other standards organisations have come and said, you've got traction, you've got passion, you've got an open standard. Mm. We just want to push your stuff into our our stuff into your standard. Mm, mm. And and so increasingly, we're getting convergence around a single platform, mm. which is a real you know a real good benefit for. Um, end users. It's one of those things that takes years to become evident and yeah. it's plumbing stuff, right? Yeah. So it's not really end user focused but the fact that we get less and less arguments about how we're going to do things <coughs> um, just means that we can focus on the problem rather than arguing about the kind of solution and yeah. and so that's a great thing to get that kind of convergence happening. That's the part that, that I, I sometimes wonder how we kind of agreed on anything like it's kind of like everyone's generally agreed everyone in inverted commas that fire is kind of what we need to do and everyone's pretty good with that but we don't seem to have done that anywhere else in health like what's different about this like how did we all go uh huh this all right we get that let's move on well there are other areas where we all agree about everything Mm -hmm. um but it's it's it was a time an idea whose time had come Mm. and and when i put it i really thought it was pretty radical socially, and I really thought that it would be not a welcome idea. But since the day we first described that people have been sitting in the bus going, come on, the bus has got to go faster. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's governments and vendors and organisations and patient advocates, everyone saying, this is the future we want, this is the technology we need, mm. we need to just leverage it. And so, you know, it's just an idea at the right time yeah. but there's still a lot of challenges to, there's a long a long lag and a lot of process between defining a standard and in, it turning into something that changes the market mm. and we're still maybe a third of the way through that process it's it's a long way to go yet and we're still working more and more on how do we accelerate to become meaningful i say that i'm going to keep doing this till my family's healthcare improves okay and and you know, and I'll, we'll come back and talk about that in a sec. But, yeah, yeah. but it's going to be a long time that I'm going to doing this yet before my family's healthcare improves because right. it's just we're we're working deep down in the plumbing, yeah. and it's a long time before that surfaces to transform mm, mm. the experience of the healthcare providers. Mm. So, so I'm curious. Tell me more about those the, the motivations and drivers that have kind of come to here. You know, it's yes, we need to meet, communicate on the web and. and a little bit about that but but why what that passion that you bring to it and that's brought it to here what what's what's driving that from your perspective you know i i've always worked in healthcare 
um, research, routine healthcare vendor. I was just lead technologist developer for a vendor of information systems. Everybody I know in healthcare works really, really hard and tries their damnedest to provide optimal care to the patient. But everybody in the healthcare system knows that the system is not optimal and you work against the system as much as you work with the system mm. and and the system could be a lot more efficient mm. and effective. And what that needs is coordination across the different parts of the system. So things don't get done differently. Patients don't get told to do different things. Everybody's running to the same, you know, care plan for the patient. Um, All all that that coordination thing that that turns healthcare into a well-oiled machine, which is a much better and more efficient and cheaper experience Mm. for the patient, that's the challenge we all have. And and I was part of a project a few years ago that looked at that and said, what are the, what are the problems? What are the blockers? And there's plenty of research around this. And, and one of the blockers was information technology or information management more than technology. It's not a technology problem. It's an information management problem. And we said that we realized that there was lots of clinical champions out there who really want to make a difference in healthcare, but they're stuck they can't do what they need to do Mm. because the information support isn't available in the software that they have to use. Mm. And I said, right, that's the problem I can do something about. Mm. So it's my job and our job as the fire community to solve that. It doesn't solve any healthcare problems, but it means that clinical champions and policymakers and funders and care providers Mm. can go out and say, I have the information I want. I have the expectation that it's where I need it, when I need it. Mm-hmm. And now I can start thinking about the care that I really need to provide mm. in a way that you just you couldn't in the past. So mm. we, we don't solve any problems, but we get out of the way of people solving people mm-hmm. problems. So, yeah, and you know, talk to reference the plumbing a few times, and I like that analogy. Have you got a view on, on what's, um, what needs to be like what the house needs to look like and all that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow on your analogy. <laughs> so the, well, you, they, know, you know, there's, there's a starting point. It every like. analogy can be pushed too far. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ideas about what the healthcare system should look like, uh, um, how it could be refactored to be more efficient. And do you focus on funding issues? Do you focus on liability issues? Do you focus on cultural change on the patient side? Do you focus on cultural change on the provider side they're all great questions that i don't know the answers to but i know that every single discussion i hear about those they need better information support Mm. and so our we say uh, we'll talk about patients because they're kind of special because they're the focus of the system and they're underserved Um, but we say that a good looking house is one that can is there's lots of different designs to be trialed Right, and the plumbing needs to support whatever you want to do, and then we'll find out what actually works best. The the biggest single problem I see in the healthcare system is the system divides itself into patient and provider, but actually the single most significant provider is who's living at home with the patient, mm. particularly in chronic illness, and they're they're an anomaly. They're, are they the patient or are they the provider? They're neither. Mm. Right, and how do you bring that person in and make them the actual focus of the care delivery process since that's what they're doing? It might be the mother for the child or, you know, the parent, the the son who's got or daughter who's got an elderly parent or someone who's got a sick partner. Mm. They're 
in a chronic illness, they're the primary care provider, and yet they don't really exist in the system. And so, to me, the big, single, big, single biggest thing to focus on is the getting the primary carer as part of the care team rather than part of the problem. That's something I'm really passionate about. Mm. And 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 you know, I say about getting my family better healthcare. Everybody's had the experience. You go to a your GP, and a GP refers to a specialist. A specialist puts you on some kind of medication or treatment. You go back to the GP, and the GP says, "No, don't do that. Mm. That's not going to work." Oh yeah. And you go back to the specialist. You say, "Well, why aren't you doing what I said?" <laughs> How's a patient supposed to sort that out? That's just yeah. stupid. Yeah, that's crazy. And for mental health patients, it's much worse, right? It's, it tears them apart. I've seen it. Mm. And and so the big focus for me is coordinated care where the patient has a care team if if any of the care team thinks that the treatment plan the care plan isn't working they don't get tell the patient they go to the care plan and propose a change to the care plan and then everybody gets informed this patient the care plan needs to change do you agree the patient's in on the discussion and then and everybody's running to the same beat and that's you know there's a lot of talk about that around the world and in australia but but you can't have that till the infrastructure is used to have that. Well, now we have the infrastructure, and and so now we're getting increasing talk about how do you actually make that happen? Yeah. What funding arrangements? What liability arrangements? What legislative support do you need to set that up? And that's, to me, that's what will make a difference to my family. Mm. No, that's huge. That's um, um, that's such a. It's nice, and reassuring. When, from my perspective, anyway, when when people involved in the the industry uh, have have that that passion and drive and, and a motivation that's actually meaningful to them, and I think that's how we actually kind of, you know, make some 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 changes. And the fact it's coming out of someone doing standards, it sounds like, which is usually so boring and lame, that it's uh, it's it's really interesting. So <laughs> that's uh, so and so. But what I think what's what's interesting is that there's there's the, the community seem the, the fire community sounds like it's such a like an important part to that. And you, when you mentioned it right at the start, that you know people argue about what that looks like and, and gets involved and um, too often we see you know there's a, someone comes up with a solution in a room and then comes out and, and says what do you think of this rather than kind of collaborating with the, the group so who what is this what does this community look like who who's in this community and how do people get involved and how is it does it like is it an integral part to the process or is it just a validation how does that all kind of fit in so so I think of the community and the standard as a snail on the shell you just can't separate them. Mm. The community is the valuable bit. So the old standards model, some boffin sat in the corner and proposed a standard and it failed or not. Um, sometimes you are following along behind the industry, taking what was well accepted and just, you know, nailing down the last few details. And a lot of the building standards are like that, mm. right? Whereas the healthcare IT standards, you can't do anything till they exist. And so they're all, they've been raw research for many years, the healthcare IT standards. They're, at the, they're the cutting edge. And there's something inherently wrong with a standard that's cutting edge, right? It's, it's a challenge. Mm. And yet we didn't have any choice. And so I said the, the biggest single thing that has to change is to do it open, build a community. There's so much passion to draw on. Policymakers, vendors, providers, patient advocates... You know, cowboy IT, IT, you know, programmers who are just writing their own thing. Everybody's really passionate about healthcare. You know, everybody knows that we're all at stake here. Mm. 
And so we've got this incredible passion to draw on. All we have to do is be faithful stewards of people's um, gift that they give us. They give us what happens is companies or individuals or governments come and give us IP. And, and they do that because they are better off if everybody owns it, right? So, so companies, they'll develop something and look at it and say, hey, we can monetize this. But then they'll say, but to monetize this, we need a community, an ecosystem to monetize it out of. Right. And the ecosystem won't exist unless we give that to the community so everybody can have yeah. the infrastructure it depends on. And or governments say, hey, we want to build a, you know, a solution here but in order to do that, we have to give it to everybody so everybody can have it. So our business is owning community treasure that everybody's richer because everybody owns it. And so we just have to steward that faithfully, steward the passion, um, govern it transparently and, and, and inspire confidence. Mm. And, and so the community primarily exists in social media. We don't have a list of who's is and isn't in the community. We have lists of known leaders in the community and we have places where the community gathers, but there's no exclusiveness to that. Mm. You know, the community exists in... I always find new places where mm. communities come to exist. So um, we have a full website, fire.org, which is kind of like our home that connects all of the different parts up. Okay. And, and we have face-to-face -face meetings and telephone conferences and email address lists and chat channels and... Um, we get together for different kinds of meetings in different parts of the world, mm. and and all of and all of those are um, the fire community at work. And anybody's welcome to join. All you have to do is have a passion for talking about information sharing. Mm. Whether you're a technical or developer, or you're interested in policy, or you're you know you're a, a consumer, mm. you're welcome to come be part of it. The community leans towards you know very detail-orientated about the information being exchanged. Mm. You don't have to be a programmer to, to understand that, but you have to be prepared to enter into detailed discussions. But if you are, then we welcome participation. Mm. And and so I don't really know how big the community is. <laughs> Depends how you count, but it could be... You know, there was a time when it was four of us. Yeah. Right, and <laughs> now, our, I mean, at least um, two or 3,000 people work full-time on making fire useful mm. in some kind of commercial product or, or work on the standard itself mm. as a core contributor. So we, you know, just keep growing and growing. There's that, that, that ethos of good and the, and the passion behind it and the, the motivation is um, uh, amazing. As things, I mean, fire is already globally recognized, but there's so much more that, that, that can be done. As more and more people become... Uh, aware or get involved or as things get commercialized is there a chance that that kind of starts to get dis not disenfranchised but um uh, that it loses that spark or the, the the wrong people get involved and all of a sudden it gets derailed do you ever wake up in the middle of the night worrying about this or yeah, yeah we, we do think about that a lot and i and and the key the key for me is it's a volunteer community. And so mm. the people come, come, they've got their own goals. Mm. And the goals vary widely, but we share commonality at the plumbing level. And, and so, but, but we're all there to make a difference. Mm. Whether you're, a, you know, a paid programmer working for one of the big multinational billion dollar companies, or whether you're, you know, a self-employed consultant or not even employed, you know, students or whatever, everyone's there with the same 
shared goal. The US government just dropped a proposed rule which makes fire national standard for US um, healthcare data exchange. And that'll be a challenge for us because it will bring to us a bunch of people who are here because their company told them to be here and they don't have the passion for it. And so that, you know, part of our challenge then is to isolate that to what they need to do without infecting the community as a whole. You know, we welcome their participation, but their participation is different mm. for different reasons. And and so over time, we've also gathered contributors who are there to contribute their own uh, extraction of recognition rather than, you know, input. And so part of our job in curating the community is to manage those, those parts of it. And mm. so, mm. you know, we don't have any formal roles. We don't have much formal recognition. Mm-hmm. It's part of managing that as an open community. Mm-hmm. We do. It is also a challenge, particularly the challenge for us is um, the different countries are on different life cycles driven by previous government investment and legal, you know, regulatory cycles. And so they're all jumping on board at different different rates. You know, some countries have invested deeply in older technology solutions, older approaches. Now all, all the communities looking at what they're doing, saying, well, you spent, you know, $10 billion on on this and it's a dead end for yeah. as far as we're concerned. And the government's like, it's not a dead end as far as we're concerned. It's $10 billion of sunk investment, right? <laughs> um, and so they're sort of, they're not in any hurry to jump on board fire. Whereas other communities, are, other countries are like, hey, well, we... We've realised that we spent money and it's gone and it's lost and it didn't come to any, and we really want something that works right. and so we're all in, right. and so we go really different speeds across mm. different parts of the world, and um, in, in Africa, for instance, where the entire focus is on public health reporting for funding from NGOs, mm. not individual healthcare provision. So we really had totally different focus in Africa, in Europe where they're kind of sitting and waiting going, we're not really committing one way or the other, whereas USA is all in. Mm. At every level, USA is all in. <laughs> and and so our focus, our challenge there is to stop US regulatory concerns and the unusual nature of the US healthcare system right. to drive the standard in a particular direction. The leadership of the community is mostly outside USA, but, you know, there's so much money going down in USA that you can easily get dragged over to there. So one thing that, that the leadership team works on really positively is um, fostering and paying extra attention to um, lower and middle income country problems as, a, as an offset for yeah. um, first world problems. Because mm-hmm. so, really it's, pa- it's a matter of passion for us. It's going to be everyone's healthcare that changes here. Yeah. And and so you know we're we're the one of the things we'd most like to do is work with the um, countries from um, the lower lower income category to see if we can transform. In some ways, they're a lot better off because they're greenfields. You know, we we can walk in and say we can com- set up something with no competition, and so it's a lot easier than people mm. going, "Hey, we've spent you know uh, enormous sums of money doing what we've already done, so we don't want to change it." Mm. We'll just keep doing that then. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, so, so branching out into those other countries, that's obviously going to be a, a focus um, for you. What, what else is the future then of, of, of fire? So we've we've really got to the point where the core standard is a stable process, 
we're still building it out and saying we cover more and more of healthcare. We focused initially on patient core clinical summary. Yep. We're now looking more at treatment regimes. At um, uh, we've got a whole bunch of work around making evidence-based medicine computable and and exchangeable, which is kind of like closing out the system so you can say here's my patients, here's their care plans, here's the the, the care plan templates, mm. here's the guidelines that drove the care plan templates, here's the evidence for the guidelines. Mm. Is the evidence actually stacking up? I've got everything in a computable framework, mm. right? So that's kind of cool to have that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working with the medication regulation um, agencies to allow for a full description of everything known about a medication in a computable format. Um, USA's they've sort of got they've got their own ones and they're kind of converging and saying we'll do that with fire um, mm. uh, looking at more filling out for the financial side of healthcare because you just can't ignore that yeah. um, trying to figure out how much we move into um, supply chain stuff because there's a lot of supply chain standards that already exist and we don't want to do stuff if they already exist but Where's the handover to supply mm. stock management in hospital, which is linked to clinical process, against supply chain serving the hospitals? Um, we're looking at how do you get the entire patient record to the patient? Mm. Um, so, so that's the kind of the focus for the core standard. But increasingly, our focus is on market. How do you get this stuff to actually happen in different countries? Every country has its own problem. Mm. How do you take what is capability at the moment? Everybody likes the capability, but it's just capability. How do you turn that into reality? How do you, how do you make that overcome all the long list of barriers so that um, a, a GP, if I went to a GP today and said, and he said, how has fire made any difference to my life? And right now the answer is, well, it hasn't mm. yet. Mm. And, and so we've got to solve those problems so that, you know, we can start saying, here's the things that you do that run on top of fire that weren't possible before. Mm. We haven't got to that point yet. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's my main focus as a community lead is for, uh, building communities that solve those problems rather than building communities that build capacity. Mm. So it's a different kind of focus, different kind of partners. Yeah much more regulatory focused. Got it, got it, got it. Um, and so lastly then, if there's anyone that's in, um, interested in learning more or getting involved, obviously check out fire.org, as you say, and, and, and look at the community. Is there anything else that we should be doing to, to, to get involved? Um, what I always say when I talk about this is, I think that everybody who's in healthcare should contribute to some open community, professional community. Mm -hmm. um, whether whether it's you know college, one of the medical colleges, or whether it's something as plumbing orientated as the fire community, but there's this huge space in between of where policy meets technology meets the market, where there's heaps of space for open communities that develop a package of solutions as part of that solving those last mile problems, mm. getting stuff to to market. Mm. I I think that everybody should. Um, spend some of their time contributing to an open community and building community treasure that makes us all richer um whatever part of healthcare you're in and i don't we can't scale, it's not our community right it's it's the related communities whether they're national or international whether they're professional bodies 
or patient advocacy groups or whatever or disease focused patient groups which is another sort of sideline that we you know communities that we work with that that I, I'd like for everybody to spend some time making a contribution of one kind or another. Graeme, the fact you've added so much passion and excitement around standards is um, is, is represented in how far has come today. So I appreciate so much um, your time coming in and um, thanks very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name's Peter Birch. Go check out our socials, share the love, send me a note if you've got some feedback, or even if you know someone that might be awesome to have on the show in future. Look forward to chatting to you next time.